Hi, this is Bernie Dake. Welcome to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. Welcome back to Words of Life and Happy New Year. I'm Cheryl Gillum and I'm with my co-host, Bernie Dake. And it's a pleasure to be with you. Happy New Year, everyone. First, we want to thank Colonel Eddie Hobgood for joining us for the Christmas series again. That was so cool to be able to share the same series in both English and Spanish. We hope it was a blessing to you during the Christmas season. Today, we're starting off the new year by looking back at some of the most memorable and powerful testimonies and interviews that we've had over the past few years. This nine-week series is going to feature guests who spoke on topics ranging from mental health to parenting grief, addiction, and much more. It's a, it's a privilege to be a part of something like this because we get to meet some people that are doing work from all over the Salvation Army world. Mm-hmm. And this will be a great look back at some of those interviews. Honestly, without some of these people, I don't know that the Salvation Army would have such a big footprint in the communities that we serve. Absolutely. It's great to be able to partner with uh, experts in their field yeah. to give us some insight and guidance on these different topics. Yeah, and it's a privilege to serve in any capacity with this radio program. There's so many people behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. but Cheryl and I were just uh, comparing stories in uh, preparation for this, and uh, she was at an event, and someone recognized her as a voice from this series. And that's uh, so crazy. We thank God for that opportunity, and if anything good comes of it, we give him all of the credit and the glory. Amen. Amen. Amen, for sure. Well, since Christmas was just a little over a week ago, we wanted to start off the series with an extended version of our interview with Angel Tree creators, Colonels Charlie and Shirley White. Charlie and Shirley were my first uh, bosses when I moved to Atlanta. Oh, wow. And they're wonderful people. You could not ask for more authentic Christian people Mm -hmm. than they. Now, Colonel Charlie has gone on to glory. He's what the Mm -hmm. Salvation Army calls promoted to glory. Mm -hmm. He's been given his ultimate uh, reward. Mm-hmm. And uh, But we are thankful for them. And if you're ever in the states of Kentucky or Tennessee, you must try to visit the Salvation Army camp there because they had such a great influence on the purchase of property where kids that might not otherwise get a chance to go to summer camp can come and just enjoy the scenery and the peacefulness of nature and uh, be introduced to Jesus in a whole new way. Absolutely. They surely are a blessing to the Army. So we hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward to being with you next week on Words of Life. This is my Father's world.
What a privilege to have Colonels Charles and Shirley White with us. Welcome to Wonderful Words of Life, guys. Thank you, Bernie. We're delighted to be here with you today. Tell us a little bit about how you came to the Salvation Army. Well, uh, I came as a child uh, after uh, my parents were members of the Salvation Army. And uh, as they adopted me, about two weeks after that adoption, they carried me to the Salvation Army. And as uh, some folks say, I was drugged as a child. <laughs> I was dragged to the Salvation Army right. every meeting, every opportunity, and basically grew up as a young person involved in youth activities. Mm. Uh, later felt the call to officership. And uh, after meeting this beautiful woman beside me here, uh, we married uh, and went to uh, the Salvation Army Training School here in Atlanta uh, 1965, mm. and then uh, after two years of training, we had uh, appointments for 45 years wow. in the Salvation Army, and uh, we continue today to serve him <laughs> in the Army. And we are grateful for it. Colonel Shirley, what's your Salvation Army story? <clears throat> Started attending the Salvation Army when I was three years old, Wow! so that was about the same time that he came on the scene, had no clue uh, the, that connection till many years later. But uh, our family had not gone to the Salvation Army before, but uh, I had some relatives that went there and invited us to come. And it's just been a joy. During school years, we'd come home from school and immediately take off to the Salvation yep. Army. And uh, it's, it's been a great experience. I love that. I happen to know that while you were in a particular appointment in Virginia, you guys started a program that has become near and dear to the Salvation Army. Can you tell us a little bit about the Angel Tree program? Sure. The, uh, uh, in 1979, my wife and I had uh, been in Lynchburg, Virginia for – it was our third Christmas. And uh, we obviously did the normal Christmas activities the Army does, uh, providing food boxes, uh, toys through a toy shop, and uh, various things. But – uh, we were invited to come out to a new mall opening in Lynchburg, which was a really big deal. Mm. We were looking for an opportunity to place the Christmas kettle, the red kettle, which they agreed to. But while we were there, they asked us, were there any unmet needs, any areas where the mall might be involved in helping us to reach uh, families or children that we weren't able to serve? Mm. And uh, so we shared with them that we were coming through a pretty – uh, economic depressed time for that area in uh, Virginia, and we, as we interviewed folks, we would see that um, they had uh, barely uh, decent clothing. So many times the children had no coats, uh, and their shoes were pretty raggedy as well. So uh, we shared with them that we'd like to do something in the area of clothing and uh, special toys or special gift items that uh, the children might have in mind. So they shared with us that in their center court were these beautiful Christmas trees that they had uh, erected, and if we could think of something to do with them, that they certainly would be willing to help us. Mm. So my wife and I walked down the corridor and found a Hallmark uh, gift store, and as we were looking through the store, uh, we came across uh, a little Christmas gift card, Hallmark Christmas card, that had three little angels on it. And uh, as we looked at them, um, my wife looked at it and saw that the back of the cover was blank. And we had the idea that we could separate the angels and uh, put the first name of the child, age, gender, and clothing sizes, shoe sizes, and an 
uh, line for a gift suggestion on the back of the angel and hang them on the tree. Mm. So we went back to the mall management, and they were delighted to be able to partner with the right. Salvation Army and provide that. And uh, Shirley can remind me, I keep forgetting how many we had that first year, but uh, little did we know or even comprehend uh, the magnitude and scope that the angel tree would grow to. Mm. The first year we had uh, 472 families, which was about over 700 children served on the angel tree. And then just recently the national commander was sharing something with you. Absolutely. The national commander shared that uh, now we're doing over a million angels throughout the United States. Praise God. And now we're even in some countries. Unbelievable. All because two young Salvation Army officers followed God's leading. Well, we truly believe and have said that it had to be a God thing because we really had uh, no intention of starting a national program or anything of this scope or magnitude. Mm. So um, oftentimes when God plants a vision in your heart, and um, an idea, after prayerfully considering it and and um, perhaps uh, counseling with a few wise people mm-hmm. um, to move ahead with that and let God lead you to do these things. Yeah, uh, like Captain McPhee with the kettle in right. San Francisco, um, that God blessed this and uh, it really took off uh, uh, of a larger scope when we moved to Nashville uh, in uh, 1982. We proposed it to the advisory board committee, and they weren't really thrilled about it because they thought they had a pretty good program going, yeah. serving a lot of people. But uh, we pers- uh, persisted, and um, they went on board. Uh, we did uh, the Angel Tree program there, got it launched, and picked up on the ABC local channel, which uh, someone in New York and ABC national office uh, thought it was a pretty good idea to do this as a Christmas feature. Mm-hmm. So I was interviewed with a donor and with a recipient uh, at right after Christmas and uh, by uh, ABC Nightline, Ted Koppel, and then later uh, Larry King on his radio program. So we started getting inquiries from all over the country. Then, yeah. What is this thing, the Angel Tree? Tell us about it. So we prepared packets and shared how we did it. And uh, so the the little trees started growing branches and spreading out all over the place. Thank God. Colonel, have you seen how the program has grown or changed over the years? Obviously, the national media attention had to help. Um, But have you seen any sort of specific changes that have really bolstered the success of the program? Well, it's the synergy that's um, created when – uh, something uh, like this uh, starts is phenomenal because from that uh, original angel tree concept of putting a paper angel uh, on a tree for uh, uh, people to come by at a shopping mall or wherever they're located, now we, we do as much in corporations as we do in the malls, right. uh, businesses oh, yeah. that adopt angels. But the the concept of connecting uh, someone who has the means with someone who has the need right. uh puts them in a, per, in a personal relationship almost because they go to the tree, they look at that little four-year-old toddler that um, they uh, envision perhaps as their own child or grandchild. Sometimes families go, mm. and uh, as a family, they'll um, adopt two or three angels to help them out. But from that, it's expanded to adopt a family, 
where we have uh, groups who will uh, come and ask for not just one or two children, but the whole family, awesome. provide their whole Christmas for them, beds and whatever their needs are. Right. And, of course, the fun time is distribution. Right. And uh, when you see uh, families expectantly waiting in line wondering uh, if their angel has remembered them, mm-hmm. uh, and then when they roll out that bicycle or the, the baby stroller or, or those big the bags big that they bags, don't know how they're going to get that, home. They, exactly. That are bigger than the car they came in. Yeah. Uh, what a thrill that is. What right. excitement. What joy. Uh, and uh, many tears of joy are shared and uh, shed when, uh, when they get, to get involved in that. Uh, I love those stories. I love the testimonies. I, I don't think um, we will have any idea until we get to heaven, really, mm-hmm. if God lets us even have a glimpse of mm-hmm. that. But uh, what an amazing opportunity. The Salvation Army's mission, Doing the Most Good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support, and we'd love to hear from you. Email us at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. Call 1-800-229-9965 or write us at P.O. Box 29972, Atlanta, Georgia 30359. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or share your testimony. We would love to use your story on the air. You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or your favorite podcast store, and be sure to give us a rating. Just search for The Salvation Army's Words of Life. Follow us on social media for the latest episodes, extended interviews, and more. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. This is Bernie Dake inviting you to join us next time for The Salvation Army's Words of Life.